Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and I'm speaking today with a good friend of the morning show, pianist Larry McDonough. And uh, Larry, I'm, I'm always happy to have you on. Today, we're, we're not exactly going to talk about your jazz piano work, but we're going to talk about the legal work that you do for poor people. So first of all, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, it's glad to be here. Um, it's, uh, it's fun to be talking to you, uh, not in person, but talking to you in real time. I always love hearing your voice on the radio and, and the selections that you play. Uh, just makes the morning show just kind of a, a high point of the day, but uh, it's also nice to interact with you directly. Well, thank you. And Larry, we are going to talk about your jazz piano work and what you've been keeping yourself busy with these days and projects you have going on. But I really uh, do, as I mentioned, want to focus on some of the legal work you've been doing, particularly around evictions, because we know in the pandemic, evictions uh, immediately became a concern for people around the country, so on both sides. Uh, So first of all, Larry, will you explain a little bit about the work that you do right now? Right. So uh, I've had these two careers going hand in hand for a long time. I majored in music education at the University of Minnesota. I was a band director for a while. Uh, I started playing professionally when I was in junior high and high school and classically trained from when I was a, a little tot and stuff. Uh, but when, uh, uh, I, when I was in my late 20s, I decided to go to law school with an interest in doing public interest work. Uh, and I've been doing that work uh, ever since and kind of kept the two careers kind of going hand in hand. So I've recorded, you know, nine CDs and played with, you know, a lot of big shots uh, over time. And that's that's been fun um, and exploring jazz and taking it in different directions. But it's also been really fun to be providing legal help to poor people all these years. I've probably assisted, um, you know, 10,000 clients in my career uh, because I'm an old guy and I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> um, so I worked in the legal aid world for about 38, 30 years. Uh, that's a free um, nonprofit uh, provider of legal services to poor people. Um, it's, it's different from the public defenders. They do the criminal work and legal aids do the non-criminal work. For about seven years, I directed um, free legal services in a law firm. And uh, this fall, I started working with a nonprofit group out of Washington, D.C., called the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. And my position there is I'm a senior Minnesota counsel in the anti-eviction project. So my job is to help kind of marshal resources around the state uh, to help tenants facing eviction in the pandemic. And that's been a huge problem, right? Because so many people lost work, unemployment at record levels uh, for quite some time. And I mean, what's that work been like for you? Well, it it may sound odd to say that it's really fun, but it is fun. Uh, It's fun to be helping uh, out when people are in need. Uh, It's a very fulfilling type of work that I do and that it's always been musically fulfilling to be playing jazz and to be exploring the boundaries of it. And it's been uh, also fulfilling to be doing this type of legal work. Um, So yeah, these are very challenging times. Um, Part of what I've been doing is getting statistically nerdy and actually medical model nerdy Hmm. about what's going on in the world right now about how it impacts poor people. So the short story right now is that evictions are slow in Minnesota because our governor has done the right thing. 
back in uh, in March. Uh, a number of us uh, lobbied the governor to put most evictions on hold during a pandemic because we thought that it would lead to homelessness and and more vulnerable vulnerability to uh, contracting the virus. And he did that. And so on March 23rd, he stopped evictions starting March 24th at five o'clock. And so they're quite a bit slower than they've been, or the numbers are quite a bit lower. Um, there were about 16,000 evictions in Minnesota statewide in 2017. So that breaks down to, you know, about 1,300 a month or so. In Minnesota, the, the number of evictions that have been going through the court system the summer are, are just really a handful. We're talking about more in the neighborhood of maybe, you know, a few hundred as opposed over the last seven months as opposed to many thousands. But the real fear is if evictions open up and we're still in the height of a pandemic, that there would be a lot of evictions that would overwhelm legal aid attorneys in the court system, but also lead to um, higher infection rates and a higher death rate. Right. Yeah. And as you were mentioning before, likely homelessness, right? Yep. Yep. So what what kind of numbers are projected? Like, do you have a sense for how many evictions would are, are kind of on hold? Or is that just a number that you are kind of able to guess because of past years? Well, it's 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 good that you raise it that way, because you can look at past years and and glean something from that. But we're in a different world right now. So let's right. say if, if evictions opened up in January they would have been on hold for about eight months. Okay, And so you can kind of do the math and see that that would be, you know, around 10,000 cases or so. Um, but that's ignoring um, the economy. Right. right? And, and um, part of what I've been doing is I've been pouring over census data. You might be thinking, well, why would that be relevant? Well, something really cool the census did this summer is it started doing a weekly survey of households around the country about how how you doing and they and they asked a number of questions and what they asked of tenants was really telling so they had a sample size of about 650,000 um tenants and that's a really good sample size because that's the estimate of about how many tenant households there are in Minnesota. That's a really good sample. And what the sample, um, so one of the responses, um, do you have an adult uh, who's unemployed in your household? 37% said yes. And, you know, maybe numbers aren't real shocking, but that's a shocking number. The unemployment rate in Minnesota in in September, I think it's gone down a little bit, but it's probably going to go back up again, was around 6%. Yeah. Okay. And so 37% is just huge. When asked about, have you had a loss of employment income? 50% said yes. And asked if they were behind on the rent presently. 9% said yes. Um, when asked about confidence, about paying rent, in the next month, about 20% said either no or slight confidence. And a, a really shocking one to me, oh, I guess none of this is shocking. I, I 
kind of figured it was something like this. But when you have numbers, it puts a finer point on it. Yeah. With, with, with a smaller sample, and I'm not sure why the sample was 10% of the sample that I just mentioned, that answered the question, do you think you will be evicted in the next two months? 50% said either likely or very likely. Now, that figure was uh, it was out of a smaller sample of around 60,000 tenants. So that it was essentially around 30,000 saying that. Mm-hmm. And if you multiply that out to get to the higher sample, in other words, you multiply it by 10 to get to that higher sample number of around 650,000, the raw number is 300,000 people are saying, I think I'm going to get evicted in the next couple of months. So you compare that with 16,000 evictions statewide in Minnesota in 2017. So, you know, it's, it's hard to be precise about this, but I think it's a fair estimate that if evictions opened up in January, there'd be at least 13,000 with 5,000 in Hennepin County compared to usually 500 in Hennepin County. Oh man. Right. And that, and with similar numbers around the state. So it would be a staggering number um, in, in the midst of a pandemic. Now, you know, I, I'm not trying to be too scary about this because I think our governor is taking all this seriously. And, and the chances that he would open up evictions, you know, with the numbers we have right now are prob- is probably pretty low. But it's going to up- open up at some point, and we're going to have a massive number there. And unless there's kind of a transitional period that kind of opens them up a little bit, uh, this would not only overwhelm legal aid attorneys, but it would overwhelm the court system as well. And so part of my job is to really inform people of this, inform the court system of it, so that we can have a conversation about a transitional phase to have that conversation with the governor and and also to train and get a lot of law students and attorneys ready to jump in. And to do that kind of work, right? So uh, uh, what are some of the things, I mean, what do you recommend going forward then? Well, um, several things. One is to not open up evictions yet. And, and keep in mind, there are some evictions going through the court system for very extreme situations. Sure. Non-payment of rent make up most of the cases, and those are the ones that are on hold right now. Uh, so if a landlord's alleging significant property damage or substantial endangerment, those are exceptions to the eviction suspension. So in other words, they're alleging kind of big, bad things they can still go ahead with a case. But the vast majority of ones, which are the non-payment of rent cases, are on hold right now. And I don't, um, I'm not naive about how that impacts landlords, right? Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, yeah. Right? And so, um, so part of what needs to be happening, and some of that's happening right now, are financial assistance programs for both tenants and landlords to help them stay whole in this process. And then to have... Uh, to be training lawyers about um, getting ready for this when it opens up and training law students and law schools to jump in, and then talking to policymakers about uh, when it's appropriate to open up evictions and what the transition ought to be, that it shouldn't be just open the gate and let the floodwaters come in. It should be something that's a little more like a dam 
where you are dealing with you know river levels and you open it up a little bit to relieve some pressure behind the dam but you don't open it up so much that you have big floods downstream right uh, Larry, what else would like would you like to add on this topic before we uh, move on and talk about your piano music? Well, the last thing I'd like to say is that I've been getting nerdy about medical modeling, and uh, it's fun to read about this stuff because you know most jazz musicians are nerd. We're mathematically inclined, whether we know it or not, <laughs> and, and so it's interesting to read this stuff. And it's also sad to read this stuff because. Uh, there have been a couple of medical modeling studies, uh, one that's out of John Hopkins uh, University, uh, that's, and, and what it says, and it, it's not surprising, you might think that the real health uh, impact of an eviction would be people in a homeless shelter. But, and that is a health impact because you're congregating people from different bubbles together that could transmit the virus. But of more concern, is the much larger number of people that double up. Like if you evict household A, household A maybe moves in with household B and they double up. And so you're, you're basically consolidating all of these kinds of bubbles. Mm -hmm. And another, another journal article that's just coming out this week, but I have an advance notice of it, is they looked at um, 27 states that opened up evictions from March 1 to March to September 23. So they had some holds on it, but unlike Minnesota, they opened them up. And their analysis shows that led to an increase of about 430,000 excess infections and about 10,000 excess deaths that resulted from opening up evictions in a pandemic and including, you know, about 45 uh, 100 deaths in Texas and about a thousand deaths in Louisiana alone. And uh, I've just got an advance read of this, so I've just looked at the summary, so I haven't poured over the whole article yet. But that's, um, again, it, the, the impact, the effect of evictions on infections and death is not surprising. But seeing numbers like this um, are take my breath away. Larry McDonough does uh, work for poor people, particularly tenants' rights, currently the senior Minnesota counsel of the National Anti-Eviction Project of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. Larry, thank you so much, and uh, we'll, we'll next talk about your jazz piano uh, business. Thanks so much. Sounds great.